everybody. Welcome to the next this episode of Heat That Moves, um, the podcast where we talk about, you know, us, current events, business, and whatever else comes to mind at the time. I'm Josh. This is Trevor. This is Wayne. How's it going, guys? <laughs> hello, hello. So, a crazy week? Yeah. It's been a crazy week. My goodness. <laughs> I got to say, I've learned a lot. Have you, I think uh, right at the top, have you lost a lot? Ooh. No. Well, Question. no. I'd say I'm about even right now. Oh, that's good. Pretty much I'm about even. Um, but in a way, I have lost a lot because I was going to make so much money if they hadn't restricted trading. That is crazy. So <laughs> I guess for future context, this is the week that GameStop blew up. And yes, Reddit decided to pile in on on game the GameStop stock. And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, should we cover the history for a second? Yeah, um, yeah. We can talk about what about. GameStop is. Well, what uh, Wall Street bets is, and all yeah. of that stuff, really quick. Can I, can I go first? Sure. Hit all right. For so for all the future kiddos out there, GameStop was a store you went to. <laughs> <laughs> That sold hard copies of video games. I know it's crazy, and they sold yeah. you know like miniature action figures of Gundams that I appreciated. They they uh they had which no you could find couldn't find that anywhere else. But nowadays they're usually um, located in malls or in strip malls. But yeah, it's uh they haven't been doing too well these past few past few years. I would say this too. Also notorious for because you know they would buy back games. Uh, notorious for giving you next to nothing for you know even a tier games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. ripped you off. You could buy a game for sixty bucks, beat it in a week, try to take it back, and they'll be like, "Okay, we can give you three dollars and fifty seven cents for it." And you're like, "It just came out a week ago." In pristine- and they would turn around and slap a a, a used sticker price of like. Forty nine ninety nine on that yeah. $60 game, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Good margins, right? But yeah. I mean, we'll talk about margins more in a second. Sounds like it didn't turn out too well. I mean, not I, there's. I think there's a lot of influences in this, right? We have COVID, who's you know hurt a lot of retail. Not all retail, but a lot of retail. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got these next gen consoles coming out. Like you can get a version of the PS five that doesn't even have an optical disc drive, making their physical retail presence even less relevant. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, early in the pandemic, I mean, I think they're just in a weak financial position early in the pandemic, uh, they got into some hot water financially. So I think that kind of sets a good context for who the retailer is and how they got to this point, but that's not the interesting stuff. Not even close to the interesting stuff. Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, I guess the other, the other major player we need to set up, um, if either you want to set it up is, uh, what, R slash Wall Street Bets is? I'll go a little bit. So uh, Wall Street Bets is a subreddit or I guess community on Reddit. Uh, Basically, they talk about stocks and just different strategies. A lot of people on there will just do crazy things. And for the longest time, people were doing crazy things and losing a lot of money. But it was just like, YOLO, let's just go for it. People take out a second mortgage 
just as a Hail Mary and then make a play. And there's a lot of people that'll post how much money they lost for the longest time. And so I, I used to look into it a little bit just to see what they were talking about because I definitely heard of it. But for the most part, most of what I was seeing was people losing money. So I kind of stopped paying attention until last week. Last week, I just started hearing whispers about GameStop from people that don't even talk about stocks. And I looked at it for like a split second on like Monday. You know, that just doesn't sound real. That doesn't sound like it's going to do what they think it's going to do. So I didn't buy it. And then someone hit like text me on Tuesday. I didn't buy it. And then Wednesday, I finally started really paying attention and reading into it, trying to understand what a short squeeze is. Because then I started hearing the phrase short squeeze. And I know what a short is. I'd never heard of a short squeeze before, honestly. I just never have. So I started reading about it and I started like looking, going on like the SEC website and like figuring out how many, like what percentage of the shares are uh, sold short and things of that nature and when those contracts are coming due, how much interest they are, there is on the margins. And it all made sense. The, like basically what's going on is a bunch of hedge funds, uh, were betting on that stock to go down. So they, they short, they short the stock to, I believe 140% of the available shares Mm -hmm. thinking that the stock was going to plummet and they're going to make a lot of money on it. And And let me, let me interrupt real quick. Okay. That's what should have happened in terms of market fundamentals and the particular situation and performance of GameStop. Right. Right. That's a pretty good bet. Like that's what should have happened. Well, yeah. But the thing is they overdid it. Um, I don't quote me on this because I'm not 100% sure, but I've heard that technically it's against the law to short something over 100%. I've heard this. I don't know that that's true. I haven't looked up the law myself or anything like that, but that's what I've been hearing. So those hedge funds were in the wrong to begin with because it can cause something like this um, to happen, which is very unstable. But where was I? Um... Let's talk about what actually happened. You're at Wednesday of last week. Yeah. So, ah, sorry. So the hedge funds, they shorted it like crazy and people started buying it and pumping up the price. Their contracts, were, a lot of them came due on Friday. And so they have a few days to cover and they're trying to drop the price down. So Wednesday I started buying and started paying attention to this trend and buying and the whole way that this works is it only really works if people are able to buy the stock. So a bunch of retail brokerages like Robinhood, Webull, and you know Cash App, a bunch of random places where generally novice investors would go to invest, just say you can't buy this this uh the stock anymore. You can only sell, and of course. The price goes up when when there's a demand, and if you cut off the demand, only thing it can really do is either stay flat or go down. Add some color to this. Yeah, sure. Um, so, GameStop's price about six months ago was four dollars. Like last week, two weeks ago, it like had a jump. It was you know seventeen, thirty, maybe? yeah, something, yeah, something like that. Um, Wednesday, it reached like 
400, 500. Is that mm -hmm. about right? And um, it was only looking to increase from there. And then all those platforms shut yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. I remember on Thursday, like watching, like, I, so I had some more orders in. This is why I'm like so frustrated. I had orders in for not um, GameStop. I was kind of like, I got what I'm going to get on GameStop. I'm going to watch other people pump it. And I, was, I thought I was going to probably get out on Friday, if I'm honest. Like, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, but I was I was sitting there watching pre-market um, pre numbers. I woke up really early that day, and I was excited because I, I thought I had it was going to work out great for me. I, I was like, I'm going to make at least $10,000 is what I had in my head in, like, a day. So I'm, like, watching, and the price is just climbing and climbing and climbing on pre-market, right? And about three minutes before opening bell, I just start getting notifications from Robinhood. Uh, you've successfully canceled, canceled your order for AMC. You've successfully canceled your order for this. You've successfully canceled your order for that. Good job, and I'm like, what the hell is this? I didn't cancel any orders. Why, why are all my orders getting canceled? And then I get a notification. You can't... Um, buy anymore we're not allowing people to buy shares of and it lists all of the stocks you can still sell though and so i watched the price plummet and i'm like man let us back in let's back in i want to buy on this dip but it just never happened and then, and then on friday they had like a limit if you have you a limit of five shares on um on gamestop Limited I'll say too, no, no fractional shares either. You can only buy whole shares, which is contrary to Robinhood's whole initial value proposition, which is they're meant to be available to anybody. You can buy fractional shares of stocks for whom you could not, for which you could not afford to buy an entire share. Yeah. Oh, and what person. really pissed me off about that was I have right now 4.0007 shares of GameStop currently, right? And the limit of, that they'll allow people to have in, is five, really. If you have more than that, but you got it beforehand, they're not you know, necessarily making you sell it. But so I was like, okay, I, I guess I can just buy like one more, or I guess 0 0.99993, I guess would be the right math. But they won't let me buy, <laughs> they won't let me deal trade in fractional shares. And so I'm just under one share of the limit and I'm stuck there because they're limiting it at five. So everyone's scrambling. It was just a crazy day. Everyone's scrambling, trying to find different brokerages that'll let them in. And a lot of the brokerages are, are delaying. They're like, okay, you put your money in, it'll be available in like four days or something when everything's gonna be over. This play is gonna be done by Wednesday, I guarantee. Well, I can't guarantee that. Yeah. But I think it's gonna be, pretty much over if you're still holding it after wednesday you're probably gonna take a big loss and if you uh not to go down a rabbit hole but uh aoc and ted cruz are on the same side on this issue and that's Amazing. what i heard and that mm -hmm. you know something went wrong <laughs> when that's the case <laughs> well yeah. let me so let me ask you all this i so you know we met in business school so mm -hmm. we have i mean none of us work in finance i think that's worth stating but mm -hmm. we're interested in this because I think we're, you know, in a position where we can understand both sides 
right? The hedge fund's behavior. And now this strange, revolutionary, democratic, anti-hedge fund. It's almost like the continuation of, you know, the Occupy Wall Street movement. It's the same kind of sentiments at play that are the reason why people become so passionate about this cause. Do you all align yourselves with the mission of Wall Street Bets, which is essentially the whole reason they're doing this to the stock. I'll say this, they could have done this, they could have run the price up on any particular stock, right? Mm -hmm. But what pointed them towards, uh, you know, GameStop, AMC, Nokia, BlackBerry, et cetera, was just the sheer quantity of short positions relative to outstanding shares. They specifically, making money was not the goal. At least it's now not stated as the goal. I think originally they saw it as it was kind of both, but there's these two mm -hmm. currents of you can make a lot of money potentially, but now it's kind of been, it's as much a political statement to buy and hold and drive the price up. How do you all think about this philosophically and personally? Do you I align yourselves that. with this movement? Yeah. Um, I don't really, but I think it's something that was inevitable to happen because you have these platforms like like Robinhood who, you know, want to make abilities that were only granted to a few in the past because, you know, they can scale their technology. They've introduced Robinhood, which allows just, I mean, um, you're talking about before um, fractional trades. They want anyone, the everyday man to be able to, you know, enter um, and trade like, like, like anyone else can. Um, and then now we have like communication that's really fast and we have these groups forming. Um, where you can really talk to anyone in the world anytime you want. Um, so I think something like this was bound to happen. Um, I think in Wall Street bets, it, bets I, I've seen it before in Wall Street bets, and really you get a lot of people who are like, taking fairly large risks, yep. or they'll tell you what happened after that risk was taken and it went poorly. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you hear as many as much um, of the good stories versus the major losses, because I always see. On my Google feed, oh, I lost this thing on Wall Street bets. Um, those sometimes make yeah. news. Mm -hmm. um, so you have this community that's already kind of primed to make these um, more risky decisions, and then someone found um, something that gained traction that really removed a lot of the risk. It's like if we do this thing, we're all convinced that we'll get a good return. Um, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a really key point that I want to just highlight before I let you continue. Yeah, Sorry for you. Uh, what's beautiful about this and is different from Wall Street bets behavior in the past is in Wall Street bets, it's a lot of the the, the use of margins is pretty common. Um, shorting, obviously, like we've talked about before, has a potentially infinite downside, right? Mm -hmm. But these are, I think what's fundamental is it's democratic and it's accessible to the average person because your losses are limited to what you put in. I think that's a really key point too. Kind of like you talked about Josh being inevitable. That's one of the other currents that made this so powerful is people can get in for what they want. And it's not like they're short selling where they're, they, they can't, you know, make a rational decision based on, you know, absolute knowledge about the, the downside. They're going to lose what they put in and that's it. So sorry to interrupt, but I think that's another interesting current that spun this up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. So like that happening in conjunction with communities being formed, um, and so now they're able to act together. 
Um, I think it's only a matter of time until something like this happened. But also, I guess, kind of on in this line is how is the system so fragile that you get something that's unexpected to the market, like um, this event happening and your stock price goes up? I feel like that's replace um, the action of a bunch of uh, Wall Street bet Redditors with like, say GameStop comes out with a new technology that's game changing um, or any other short sold stock comes up with something that's game changing and similar thing happens. Um, would, and people are experiencing lots of losses, um, but if it was something like, um, it wasn't, if it wasn't a function of like the system, if it was more of like something actually happened that created value mm-hmm. that caused it to go up, I'm just like shocked that there's no system in place to like um, deal with that if there were these unsustainable, like, what I'm hearing is like these flaws are so big that um, a lot of people are gonna um, lose a lot of money. So it, it reminds me of 2008 when the, or um, when the, the uh, that crash happened, yeah. but mm-hmm. Well, I think to your point, Josh, it's really fascinating that, you know, these short sells, I would imagine that you could structure them in such a way that you could minimize your downside, right? So we're going to close the short if the price gets X percentage or goes to X dollar per share, right? Those mechanisms Mm -hmm. exist. They could have limited it. But I think to your point, it's like, you know, I I think of when companies have earnings calls, the shot, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the stock price might change a little bit if it's a big shock, but the market and the analysts have so much other information from suppliers, from other third-party partners that it really gets baked into the price already. And so you don't see these dramatic rises, mm-hmm. but to your point, this is not like in the normal rhythm of uh, the, you know, how companies announce earnings or release new information. It has nothing to do with the company. So there's no clues. Yeah. And I don't think people were looking at this subreddit as a viable market manipulator which is what it is so it's mind-boggling yeah, sorry my last thing is i, I think of the iphone mm-hmm. and when the iphone like apple is already a big company um so their stock didn't move and create it, it moved up by a lot but not in like um the way we're seeing now with like gamestop um but i just think like is does that limit a company like gamestop from having these just um game-changing products that have not been seen before. It almost is like you're telling GameStop that you can't do this um, because you weren't communicating to your investors. Um, they think something's going to happen. So you, you kind of, you think they're going to continue to do what they're doing mm-hmm. um, in a sort of a, with an expected kind of variance. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, it's kind of forcing them to not change in a way that may save them. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, Wayne, do <laughs> yeah. you do you relate to the mission of Wall Street Bets? I do because it's not it's not any different than what they do. Honestly, every day, I I've been reading, I've been looking at things, I've even been looking at like videos of hedge fund managers talking about how they manipulate the market and what they do. And the only real difference between what they do and what we and what well, I say we like I'm like really a wall street best person i I literally got on for the first time in months like five days ago maybe um but 
pretty much it's exactly what they do. So what they'll do is they'll go on the CNBC. They'll decide, hey, it'd be cool if, you know, this stock dropped or this stock rises. And then what they'll do is go on the CNBC, Fox Business, whatever, and they'll start talking about that stock. And they'll say, I don't like this stock because of A, B, C, and D. Like, I think it's going to go down. You guys need to, if you're in it, you need to get out of it because these are the reasons why I think the stock is going down. They present that as like neutral information, like advice that's meant to help the investor. But in actuality, in the background, they're shorting that stock so they can make money or they're buying that stock before they go on when so that when it goes up, they can profit. So a lot of the market manipulation that they do, it's out in the open, but not in a way to where the average person understands what's happening. On Wall Street bets, people are just saying, hey, I noticed these things. This is what I'm doing. You know, if a lot of people do it, then the price will go up and then you know, the hedge funds are going to have to cover on like the around this time and we can make a lot of money. But it's all out there in the open. Even the hedge fund man- hedge fund managers and people that work there are able to go on Wall Street bets and say whatever. And people have to look it over and make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a much more honest way of doing business, in all honesty, than what hedge fund managers do. So I'm all about it. Let me let me press you on that a little bit if I can. First of okay. all, uh that's legal, right? What? This is legal. Yeah. We, yeah. This, so this is all legal. So I guess really what I get stuck on is oh, I understand. So making money is one piece, right? Mm-hmm. Undeniable. If you can coordinate this and all these non hedge fund managers can make a lot of money, I understand that. The, but where I get kind of stuck is why. It's, it's like this group has taken it in its own hands to punish hedge fund managers that are engaging in legal trading activity. So it's, it's, okay. it's, they could have done that with any stock in theory, right? right I can, they just got of... tuned into it because you uh-huh. have that, that user deep effing value that made videos months ago describing, <laughs> yeah. you know, describing the particular, uh, you know, what he thought would happen in the future with, GameStop stock and what's happened, illuminating, you know, there's the quantity of short sales. But where I get stuck is it, it it's harder for me to align with the mission of punishing legal behavior. So it and, and, it, and it's also hard to parse out the chicken and the egg. Okay. What came I, first? Yeah, I right? can I can address that a little bit. It's at least this is how I feel about it and what I'm seeing on Wall Street bets personally. A lot of it is just about, uh, it's about fairness. It's about, you know, justice and it's about revenge because you got to think a lot of those people have made a lot of money. Um, so when, when you short heavily short something that much, then a lot of times the hedge funds will go out of their way to try to drive down the price. And in a lot of times destroy companies, even if the company is viable. So GameStop has over 14,000 employees right? Like right now, at least that's what I've been seeing on the financial stuff that I've looked at. Those hedge funds were trying to drive that company into bankruptcy. It might not have been a great business or whatever, but without- It was was a dying business, but I think you're- Without them putting downward pressure on it like they were, 
it might have been, you know, a little bit more viable for a few more years. People might have gotten a few more years of making a living out of that company before it goes out. Or, or maybe they find a way to turn it around. They were going out of their way to try to crush that company. And they've done that to company after company after company. Not every company that goes out of business goes out of business because it's a bad company. Sometimes it's about other things that are driving down the price of the stock or whatever, you know, hedge fund managers, uh, you know, private equity funds, whatever. And so a lot of these people are coming out of like, they came of age in 2008. They're going through, I mean, 2020 has been a tough year. Basically like all of the relief has gone to the rich, richest people anyway. So this is like, they're finally getting the opportunity to like strike back and make a little bit of money. And then it, I think it became even more political whenever Robinhood and other platforms started trying to, you know, squash it. Yeah. In my That's, way, in my view, yeah. by manipulating the market. Because yeah, I mean, just, 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 I, I, that's what I think is so, that is the best part of this as a story is that Robinhood, the name, their value proposition, what they've been about, it's, it's, they became one of the big players. And I, and we can get into, you know, why that happened just in terms of where the revenue comes from and, and oh, why yeah. they got that downward pressure pushed on them. But that is so funny that Robinhood, got in the way of people doing Robin Hood's work. Like, and the very thing that, that got me on their platform to begin with, because that's, that's, that's the application that I use. Um, That's funny. I think that needs to be acknowledged. That's really funny. It's interesting. Like I learned so much about Robin Hood. Like I didn't understand what their business model really was and how they actually make money. But now that I know there's no way I'm going to be on this uh, platform two weeks from now. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I, it blows my mind. What, like, they became, what they became the thing actually. they wanted to destroy. Yeah. No, I, I don't think they ever wanted to destroy anything. This was just a play to uh, help he- basically hedge fund managers and other large financial institutions. It's a way to inject more capital into the system and, and extract it from normal people. Yeah. And I think, we can talk about why, but I'm going to let Josh, you can go on ahead and say what you're going to yeah. say. Yeah. I mean, there was a just the transaction costs to perform an, a, um, an action has just been steadily decreasing. And this was also, I think, inevitable. Like it's all in all, it's an all electronic transaction. So you don't, there's not a lot of, um, space to uh to to charge for those those services so once you have this like robin hood who took that to an extreme and said we're gonna give you free like there are no transaction costs Mm -hmm. um like that's invited everyone who wanted those low transaction costs to come in and then combined with i think just you know different communities around um yeah you almost lent uh the opportunity for groups like the wall street bets to to do something like this yeah hey josh i have a question for you do you know why or where uh robin hood gets most of its income from i think you'll appreciate it if you don't know once i tell you let me let me think about this for 
a uh, second. Where would Robinhood get? Because I, I know in the past, if they're not um, getting it from um, charging people transaction fees and things, of that right, nature. right. So I, I thought it was. And in, in the past, I thought it was you put in money, and mm-hmm. while you put in money, they hold it for like a certain amount of time and get interest on it. And that's how they get money. That's but what I, I thought. I, 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 that's wrong. I, I, I know that's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually curious. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, Chang, you're gonna appreciate this. I think like it's the genius of it, and also like how messed up it is. So um, I've actually gotten a mess with a few other applications um, in the last week, just seeing how they work and things of that nature. And I've done a little bit of reading on it. And when you order something on Robinhood, I feel like it sometimes it takes a while for the order to go through. It does yeah. And there's a lot of value in that. And that value is for like hedge fund managers and other large financial institutions. Like think about it. How many people are on Robinhood or were on a Robinhood? Probably like millions, right? Yeah, man, I'd buy it. They're all sending in orders that are either slightly delayed or very delayed depending on when they make that order. Hedge funds are paying a premium to get all of that information so they can see trends. It's almost like being able to see into the future of the retail market, right? Or the retail like trading market. And they can beat us to the punch because of the delay that we are having. So they're actually like, we're not really the customer, we're the product. Our information, our our data is the product that they're selling to hedge funds and institutions so that they can beat us to the punch. So if they see, so imagine everyone decides after hours, we wanna order a bunch of shares of GameStop. Robinhood knows this like that night, right? But we're not gonna be able to make that purchase go through until the morning at opening bell. How much do you think that's worth to a hedge fund manager who can trade in pre-market out a pre-market? I mean, I'm sure it's a ridiculous amount. (laughs) So you're paying, like, even though it's free, you're paying with giving them your information so that they can beat you to the punch so that they can buy lower than you or sell higher than you Yeah, because they know what people are thinking. It's like they, it's like being able to see into the future by either a few minutes or a few hours and make the move before we can. Yeah. I think it's 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 not I mean it's different, but it's not that different fundamentally from Google and social media platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have this multi-sided market and you know uh, the free users that generate the data are are not paying in dollars. And so I think it's 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 something that we should just expect and I think when it goes right, it's a great model because mm-hmm. um, it creates accessibility. Um, I think it's just people get mad when they don't like who the recipient is, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then and then when there's manipulation too, which we've seen in, uh, I mean, particularly social media, when there's manipulation and 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 bad outcomes. Um, so there's, that's where the morality comes in is people get mad, people like it, but they get mad whenever they don't align with who's getting the dollars off of them. And uh, yeah, we've seen it play out on social media. Yeah. We've seen it now yeah. it's here again. I, I mean, for me, the problem with it is 
they should be a little I feel like they should have been a little bit more upfront first off about like what they're doing instead of trying because they're trying to make it as in they're like Robin Hood we want to give people the power to trade and we want to empower you and do this and that but then you're selling all the information you're like us they're basically a spy and I guess when it came down to it when it was really the moment of truth they sided with the real customer over the product, which is us. And no, now that I know that, there's no way I would ever, I would ever really consider putting more money into Robinhood. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna exit it as soon as it's like convenient for me. Yeah, I'm I mean, already I, looking at other platforms. It's ridiculous. I'll probably do the same, but I do know. Whenever I was, I used to use Charles Schwab. That was who I had as mm-hmm. the broker. And every trade was like six bucks. It was like five ninety nine yeah. or something like that. Um, and Robinhood comes along, they're like, you know, we'll get rid of this fee for you. And I almost, I mean, I didn't really care. Like, I was like, Robinhood's getting rid of that fee for me? Done. Like, I can trade as many times as I want. Really, it wasn't going to be as many times as I want because they give you like limits per week or whatever. They have some limits on number of trades. But um, yeah, I just uh, didn't care at the time. But now I care, especially when the changes in value are so high <laughs> or you get into mm-hmm. the price are so high. Um, but back to, I think Trevor's point on or question on like um, what was the intent with like wall street bets. I think part of wall street bets like understood that there was a system in place and the, some people had advantages in the system, maybe, um, your hedge fund or whoever. Um, but they like cracked the code. Like they're like, okay, now we understand we can act in a way that benefits us. And then um, just to not realize that there's other players, third parties like Robin hood who control um, that, that system that could you know throw an exception into it and say, yeah, I'm going to side with someone, but you know, I think, I think, they, I think they have- I mean, they accepted that the system was the way it is. Uh, Yeah. I was going to say, I think that uh, on one hand, I'm kind of an apologist for these sorts of platforms because in general, I like them. And in general, I mean, I I know for a fact that that stuff's probably explained in the terms and conditions because it is on social media as well. People don't want to read it. And I don't think people really care until you get a really hot news item like this, right? So I think in general, people are okay with, surveillance as long as there's not like these i think people are just okay with it and we got a high tolerance for what our data is used for i think even after all this stuff you know when social dilemma came out it didn't really negatively impact you know average daily users for social media platforms because it's creepy it's interesting do they really care second i think a lot of value to your life it has it it does have like that's why you use it it's adding value Exactly. And I switched to Robinhood for the same reason, because I was like, I'm trying to buy like one ETF for 130 bucks. And if I pay a $6 brokerage fee, the, the unit economics doesn't work out. What this is exact, I mean, it's not exactly, but what this is really similar to is what happened and what we now understand happened with the Bitcoin run up. What was that? Three or four years ago, um, where it it originated from a point of people had values and they saw that they had, they had value. They wanted cryptocurrency to be a part of the world because they believed in its political mission. Uh, and then you had a lot of people jump on because they saw it was an opportunity to make money. 
But now what we understand afterwards is a big part of that run-up was actually uh, market manipulation. And there was a few key players that ran up that price and made a lot of money. And so I, you know, we, we were texting because Wayne, you said you were going to buy a stock. I said, I, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to buy any game stock. I, I don't have the, the stomach for this sort of stuff. And I'm just kind of in general skeptical of these sorts of run-ups because I think it's good. It seems like the people are benefiting, assuming that the price can hold. And I think people should cash out at a reasonable time. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, 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 has a lot of damage already been done to these hedge funds based on their short position contracts? Like, have they already lost a lot of money? Oh, yeah. It, okay, actually, I heard that on Friday – just by holding, because you know you have to pay interest uh, when you're on the short. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you have to pay. There's like it, it makes, it makes sense because it incentivizes volume yeah. of trades. But yeah, and, it, and it's affected by the price of the stock at the time. So the, the, okay. so the higher the price, the more it's going to cost you. But I, I read that they actually lost about fourteen billion dollars Friday. Yeah, um, I, just by holding. <laughs> Let me give one take and then I'll get off the mic because I've been talking a lot. I have been hurt by this so far a lot more than I've gained. I've gained nothing and my stock portfolio has taken a massive hit. So I personally don't think it's worth continuing this completely destabilizing the market. I understand that, you know, the top 1% in these financial elites and these investment banks and these hedge funds unduly gain from Mm. what's at stake. But I've already lost a lot of money just based on the volatility and the doubt that this has created. And my position is, because I'm not as politically motivated to this cause, I don't want to tank the stock market for the sake of screwing over a few hedge funds. I would really like to have this money to use to move when I get a new job and to buy a new road bike. Like this is I don't want to see it completely destabilized. And that's a selfish position, but that's what's happened. I've lost thousands of dollars because of the market volatility that's resulted from this whole thing. So that's my selfish take. I'm going to get out of the way. I have a question for Trevor. Um, Is it only, is your losses pretty much equivalent to market losses? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Hmm. And the market losses have been pretty big. I'd say that's okay. It'll come back. Yeah, it'll come back. but that's why flexibility i I think it will come back but i'm just afraid of if it gets worse Um, so that's That's why i'm saying like it can bounce back from where it is but if this gets worse i think as long as it's equivalent to um the market movements then like it removes flexibility and your ability to like take out money and things Mm -hmm. but um i would say the relative return is zero uh, in the long run, I think you're right in theory, run. but we don't we yeah. don't know what could happen. And, and I think also I think also this behavior is driven. I mean it it had it. This is what made you know uh, uh, this is what hurt the market on Thursday and Friday. Is this right? So yeah. they moved the entire it's market. Yeah. It's part of. I mean, it. like I have I have a ton of Apple stock, and Apple stock has <laughs> nothing to do with this. But because of the doubt and the volatility, I mean. I saw a pretty significant, like a 10% decrease in my Apple stock, which for me is a big chunk of change that I'm going to use to pay off student loans once those get unfrozen. Like it, it matters a lot to me. And I don't want to see this volatility because I have been using this, I've been using the stock market, what I think responsibly. Mm-hmm. I have not been engaging this uber risky behavior yeah. and I'm getting punished as a result of using the stock market responsibly. 
I don't, for, I'm going to say a couple things real quick. Uh, first, I don't think you're being punished or anything like that. I think that you should look at this as an opportunity. Do you believe in the Apple, in Apple? Do you think it is a good stock that's going to continue to rise? In the long run, yeah, but I, I'm not, well, I'm not oh, talking wait, wait. about selling this. I'm just saying I'm not going to sell this Apple stock in 40 years. I'm going to sell it later this year to pay off my student loans. And so Josh's point about short-term liquidity matters a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if this, if this fundamentally alters how the stock market performs over the next year, I'm adversely affected. Okay. Well, I think what you should do is take this as an opportunity to buy more Apple stock personally. If you believe in it, this is going to blow over. And honestly, it should have blown over or pretty much already. Yeah, you would have thought so. You really would have thought so. It was going to blow up and be over by Friday if they hadn't have done all the weird stuff with, uh, with trading. Yeah. They were going to have to cover at a certain point on Friday. There was actually a target number that we were trying to get it to. And they stopped us by stopping trading because we were going to uh, trigger the hedge funds to have to buy, buy the stock back from us. And that could have happened on Thursday. We were within a hundred dollars of it mm. pre-market and they canceled everybody's orders. We were going to get there. If yeah. they hadn't done what they did, we were going to get there. So hey, hey Wayne, um, good point. I think for next time, would you be able to do like a, like this is how companies lose money, or this is how I know Robinhood lost some money in this because I actually don't know, and I've I've heard they've lost money. Um, I think that'd be an interesting segment to do, just like a short, like okay, five um, minute, like. I know a little. Well, I think I know a little bit. I yeah. haven't read about that. I've more so just watched a couple YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and who knows how reputable that information I got was. But yeah. there's some things about clearing houses and. Uh, how long it takes for a share to change hands legally and this and that and that, which can be used, but I don't care. Yeah. I want my money. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And, and yeah, I, so I guess my concern was similar to, to um, Trevor's concern, uh, which I've had before is just like when these unexpected huge losses happen, I don't think anyone expected the financial crisis to happen. I know the Enron thing, because I did a report on it um, back mm. in the day. Um, it was not, no, no one saw it coming. And no. when you lose a bunch of money that quickly, it takes a lot of other things with unexpected stakeholders with them. Um, that's why I'm always like, when someone loses a bunch of money really quickly, I'm always very nervous. Uh, just from like, you know, I'm a um, millennial. I've been through some of the bigger... <laughs> Uh, we've been through some stuff yeah so it's um yeah just worrisome but i think that's part of it though like most of the people that have most of the new millionaires that have arisen out of this they're all around our age they all been through all the same things i you go on wall street bets right now you see i was able i was uh you know ninety thousand dollars in debt uh, for you know school I graduated couldn't find a job and I didn't know what I was going to do and I saw this and it it changed my life I paid off my debt and now I and I have this and that and I'm thinking about starting a business 
there's people, you know, buying houses and it is, it's inspiring just because a lot of people from our generation that have been so hamstrung by policies and the things that have happened in the last, like 2008 to now and haven't been able to really start their life the way that they would have if they were growing up in the, you know, eighties or seventies, like it's, it's inspiring. And one thing that's been really crazy is how hard they try to get everyone to sell. And there are so many people who honestly, it would have made sense for them to sell. It would have screwed everyone else over that like got in a little bit later if they would have sold. But they they stayed and they stayed on a Friday where we don't know what they're gonna do on, on those platforms. We don't know if they're gonna let people buy on any given, I, the, the amount of cohesion and this group had this past week has been amazing. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's surprised. that's an amazing thing I was to very see. Surprised. Yeah, I, I've never seen people that like with that much to lose stick together that yeah, totally closely under so much pressure. There was so much pressure to sell for everyone, and people were just like giving each other, uh, you know, words of encouragement and you know, just like a lot of people are like, I'm. I know that. I, I read one that was like I someone made or has gained about seventy thousand dollars in value and he's like I'm poor I work at like Taco Bell or so. I'm, I'm saying a place I don't really know this is life-changing money but I'm gonna keep it in you know uh, to, uh just just to help other people because that to me that to me doesn't make any sense I, I, which is why it's so amazing. I, cause yeah. if, if I think they should cash out and make their money and let's get the market back to stable, I, I say they should cash out and make their money. They might make 50% of what they did when the stock was at 485 and now it's, you know, a little over 300. But like, don't you think, Wayne? Don't you think they should make like, the only thing is there's a, there's still a clock on, like, even with everything that they're doing, right? There's a clock on the hedge funds. Yeah, because they're That's short. They have to pay the interest. Everything they're, they're doing yeah. everything they can to drive down the price now, because they're they don't they can't just wait forever necessarily. They they're gonna have right. to close their contracts, close their positions in this upcoming week. So people, are, it's also it's it's kind of selfish, but also very unselfish that people are like sticking together and not selling yet. It's amazing. I, it, it's, I mean, it's just downright amazing. It's 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 crazy because I was I made the decision I'm not selling just and it was not a intellectual I didn't yeah. make the, I didn't come to that conclusion because it was a smart move and I am fully aware of that I mean uh, let me let me ask you this though what's the price though you know what I'm saying I mean it like, could what's your be, price was two hundred dollars a share is it I don't think. Wait, let, let me let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Oh, well, I like this. We'll guess, and then Wayne, you Hopefully. tell us what's realistic. Hopefully, Wayne doesn't have a price. He's he's waiting for the shorts, the amount, the volume of shorts, to start decreasing, and once that happens, then then at some point you sell. Um, but I think you have to see that number fall. Like that's the number he's paying attention to. He's not paying attention to price as much as um, mm -hmm. amount of shorts. That is a big part of but it. But I would I'm say too, as it, well, hold on, let me guess, let me guess real quick, Wayne, and then you can tell us your answer. 
I say 150, I think, because when you start to see that negative, is that negative return percentage gets bigger and that dollar value gets bigger. You're an individual person. Like it's hard. I mean, I, I can't think of a lot of causes in the world that I would uh, just donate this at this time in my life, donate four shares of game stock at 300 and whatever dollars per share towards, like, I didn't even give that towards a presidential candidate. You know what I'm saying? I haven't even given that. I think, I think the most I've ever donated was I gave a car to NPR. And I think that's probably still less than, you know, if, if the stock goes back to $4 a share or something, some, some reasonable price multiplier for where GameStop's at. So I say 150 is your number. What's your response? I mean, so, so you're saying that when it, if it drops to 150, I'm selling? Yeah. No. No. What? No. <laughs> no. I mean, honestly, if well, it dropped that much, okay. I might just be like, if it have already lost a decent amount of money, might as well just see what happens. Yeah. My, my real That's guess. That's a logical fallacy, though. My real guess is a thousand. I feel like once, maybe not Wayne, but I think once, that's like the number Reddit, Wall Street bets is kind of like thrown out there. It's like thousand dollars. That's like the goal. Um, from what I've oh, you're saying he would sell once it got to a thousand to lock in the gains. Yeah, but I think once also other people are gonna start selling around then just because they're like, okay, here's everything that we agreed upon. I don't want it to actually hit a thousand because then I'll start at some point I'll lose money if I stay in here too long. Like the mm. risk of it crashing after that is pretty high um let's say 800 800 so what do you think the floor is though to where if the price continues oh. to go down wayne gets scared and gets out yeah i think so i think we should actually then the uh, way i think, I, think I, I know you have a lot to say hold on wait i know you have a lot to say because now what we're gonna do next is we're gonna go back and we're gonna see what actually happened yeah <laughs> um i uh, i can buy wayne's argument I, it's it's happened to like me before it's like oh it went down okay i'm already in whatever <laughs> or something but the problem is that this is not a stock where the general <laughs> growth of the market is going to save it it will only go down over time it will not go up over time after right. the market regulation right. ends you mm. know what i mean yeah. so you say you say a thousand or, or just under a thousand is kind of like yeah. the ceiling at which you'd sell so what's what's the bottom end of that range are you asking me i'm gonna go 50 I'll go 50. Oh, 50 dollars per share. Yeah. I'll Whoa. Go 50. Okay. At, Wayne, I'm sorry. At, we, at we, some we... point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We talked a lot over you, Wayne. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I gotta be honest. Um, one thing I might do is if it gets decently high, I might do like a what is it, stop loss, like trail. I can't remember the terminology. Where it Wrong like person. there's there's a certain like method where you can set it to where it's like okay if it drops you know 20 percent yeah like trigger a sell right or something yeah. like that i might yeah, I think that's right that. but right now i have it set to where i have one share uh set on limit order to sell at a thousand so if it hits a thousand i'm automatically going to sell lock in that Good. i got basically almost all my money back just under what i and then I'm yeah, going to yeah, probably yeah. play with house money if it does that and just see where it goes. And I'm really paying attention to ratios of like how much uh, of the stock is uh, shorted and paying attention to trying to figure out when those uh, are going to be called. So it's more about that than an actual number. Okay. 
which okay. kind of sucks because I want to do other things with my day. <laughs> uh, actually, what was really funny was I was, you know how iPhone has it to where it'll tell you how much time you spend on like looking at your phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine went up <laughs> this past week. It went up by like 27% because <laughs> I've been looking at my phone so much, just going on Reddit or looking at my, uh, wow. looking at things. But in a, in a way, I kind of feel like for me, it is more mostly about principle. Like I want What's the floor. What's the floor. What's that bottom price zero. where you're good. You get scared I, and you get out. I feel like by the time I realize I messed up, I'm just going to be like, I messed up and I'm just going to probably stay in and be like, okay, that was a lesson because <laughs> one thing I have to say is just this experience. Like, I know this is a dumb, like a lot of this is stupid. I understand this is not how it's, it's not stupid. It's just not rational. It's not, it's not stupid. It's understandable. It's just not rational. Okay. Well, good point. It, but just this whole experience, even if I lose everything I put in on GameStop or whatever, I think that the amount of knowledge I've gained in a week's time is amazing. It's worth something. You could put a dollar value on that in theory. It's worth something. I definitely think that I learned a lot that in the future will help me to make money whenever it's not necessarily a political statement. Okay. That's, that's, myself from i i I understand that there's i'm probably not going to be the most rational person on this one i'm not because i'm mad the main reason why is just because i'm a little angry about how everything went down on thursday (laughs) because that's messed up it is messed up i i did a lot of research I, i i did more research than i've ever done on anything related to stock market or anything and it all made sense and I was about a lot of people lost a lot of money. And what's really sucks is during that dip, people weren't able to buy more either. Like I probably would have bought a few more shares for when it come rebounds. Cause I know it's going to, or it was going to rebound. I was like, I did, did rebound. People, yeah. I know people that were like trading on fidelity and stuff like that. They had free reign to do whatever they wanted. Just the way that it worked is so unfair. Like just so blatantly manipulative to the markets to lock people out. Mm-hmm. I, for me, it's like, I want- <laughs> You want blood. I, I do, I really do. Man, there I have is- to say- Go ahead. I was gonna say, there's definitely now an opportunity for someone who's like the real Robin Hood to come in and just like cop- straight up copy the business model. And that's what uh, the the Winklevoss twins are trying to do with their really? what was previously oh, a crypto trading platform. They're they're I now heard that name in a long time. I know, but they're always a little late <laughs> to the game. Uh, and this is another instance. They're they're late Burn. to the crypto game. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> they were late to the yeah. They're late to a lot of stuff. Wayne, I think that is actually I really like that argument. I think you could even to express it mathematically, you could say if it goes back to four bucks a share and I lose say a thousand dollars the amount of knowledge you've gained over the span of a week, the present value of all the future gains you might get 
could be more than a thousand dollars as a result. So I think that's actually, I think that's a pretty rational argument. And I like that. I also know you're just kind of a politically charged person. So when something like this happens, you're not gonna be able to help yourself. I do have to point out that, uh, you're, you're essentially donating a thousand dollars to this cause. You're a Bernie bro. I don't, I don't think you gave Bernie a thousand bucks. I don't know, but I have to point that out. <laughs> I, I, didn't. I didn't. I gave him some, but not quite. Uh, no, I get it though. There's like the whole, yeah, I mean, good. it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a point in time and you either are in it or you're not in it. And I think, I think it's cool that you're taking the ride because you'll probably. I'll I mean, always remember yeah, it. It's a good story. I'll always remember and, it. It's a crazy it was, story. It was like the community, like, so I have a bunch of friends uh, that live in New York. Um, the story behind is basically when I was in the Air Force, one of my best friends is from New York. He's back there now. And they all started trading when COVID started because most of them were doing like Uber driving and stuff like that, right? And when COVID happened, they all started day trading. And I'm in this like chat group, but I kind of stopped paying attention to it for at least like four months, five months. Now I'm back in it and I'm talking to him all the time. I'm on, I'm talking to my cousin about it all the time. I'm talking to, it's something, it's a, it's a new, I didn't never, I never thought it'd be this interested in finance. I got it. You can put a dollar value on that too. You can put a dollar value on it too. So you're kind of like, you're making it more rational than what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, When we were in school, uh, I mean, doing the whole MBA thing, there was all kinds of finance classes I could have taken that I didn't, I was, I, I was looking at it more like, I'll take the ones I have to take and I'll do other things that I'm interested in. If I like reset, went back in time, I'd probably be in all those finance classes. <laughs> yeah. I really, and I'm fine with the fact that I didn't go do it because we live in a world where I can still get all that knowledge without getting it in school. And That's I've fair. learned so much, I've just been, reading i'm learning about like how the back end of the stock market works i'm learning about like i'm relearning about like who the fund uh the hedge fund managers are what they do how they do i'm starting to see when they're talking on like cnbc or fox business i'm starting to learn different tricks on how i can verify some of the things that they say like are they just saying this for why are they saying this? Like a lot of like one interesting thing is on a lot of those uh, channels, they were they were saying like, oh, this hedge fund and this hedge fund, they've uh, they've all closed their positions on GameStop, right? But if you know where to look and you do the research and you look at it, you'll see like, well, the number of the percentage of short sold uh, shares hasn't really decreased. Then you know they're lying. Like on the news, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, uh, it's crazy because you'll go on YouTube and you'll look it up and there'll be, the, so there'll be a video that says, yeah, they haven't really sold and here's how you can go. You go to this website and you go here and then this is how much, is it, like there's so much information out there and there's so many communities that are popping up or blowing up right now. It's crazy. So no matter what happens with this, I think that it was worth it. For me, I have Good. a question, Wayne. Good. Yeah. What was was your uh, text group early adopters of GameStop? Some of them were. Yeah. Um, nice. I, okay, like early I investors, early I guess. Adopters, I think most of them got in at around seventy bucks. Okay. So that's kind of early, 
But that's, that's good. Yeah. When you get on Wall Street bets and stuff, there's a lot of people that got in at four dollars. Yeah, like in November yeah. and so, stuff. <laughs> I had to wait on that one. I, yeah, I, I saw. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. And so I mean, I, and I, actually, you can go. Oh no, I wanted us to kind of shift and talk about what's going to happen next. Mm. Because, so here's here's what I'm curious about. Uh, there's a few things. One, what's going to happen next specifically with GameStop? Uh, I think it's going to continue to kind of slowly go down over the next couple of weeks. Uh, that's my, that's my opinion. Um, or maybe after like all of the short positions have expired or those contracts have been closed, I, after that. it's going to plummet, right? Uh, we're going to see it happen. I'm also curious on y'all's thoughts on what's going to happen next more generally. What's going to happen to Robinhood, retail trading? Are you going to see, and here's my fear, are you going to see like you saw with crypto where everyone becomes obsessed with what's the next GameStop when in reality there is no next GameStop? Just like what's going to happen next with Bitcoin? Oh, it's Litecoin. It's it's Dogecoin. It's whatever it is. But there isn't another one. Like you only get a phenomenon like this once every cycle. What's going to happen next? All right. I guess, and, oh, you're good. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Josh. You're good. You're good. Um, when it comes to GameStop, I think that it's going to plummet. And it's going to plummet. I think it's going to go up a lot. And the reason I think it's going to go up a lot initially is because the whole Robinhood thing caught everyone off guard. Robinhood and Weeble and all that caught everyone off guard. So people weren't able to buy and was like, what the heck, what do you do? People were trying to figure out where can I put my money where I can get back in this game and things of that nature. That's kind of settled for most people. A lot of people have opened up new accounts with Fidelity or with E-Trade or whatever, right? And so they're gonna be able to pump that up. Even though Robinhood's trying to suppress the price, they're moving to other platforms. And those other platforms saw how bad things are going to about to go for Robinhood. So I don't think that they want to put their whole business at risk to save some hedge funds, right? So I think it is going to go up um, Monday, maybe even Tuesday. I think a lot of those positions are going to be closed out by the end of day Wednesday is what I think. Of course, I don't really know. I just started really looking into this a week ago, less than a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh let's see um so that's what i think and i think there's going to be a lot of wall street bets people that lose a lot of money there are it, it's just because it's all about timing it's gonna i i think that the way it's gonna plummet is gonna literally be someone's gonna look at their account or their like robin hood account at one moment and it's going to be, you know, $10,000 or something. Right. And then they're going to like, be like, cool, go to lunch, not pay attention to their phone. They're going to come back, check it again. And it's going to be like $72. I, I think it's going to plummet that quickly when it does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And as far as, what happens next in general that's a much more difficult question because politically it would be a huge win for anyone who wanted to stand up for the little guy i think it'd be a huge win but 
I just don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen mm-hmm. is they're going to try to crack down on things like Reddit and be like, hey, you guys mm-hmm. can't all decide you're going to buy a stock together. And they're going to regulate that, but they're also going to regulate um, like how much people can short stocks or how much hedge funds can short stocks. Or they're going to actually start applying the laws that are, laws that are already on the books because the SEC really doesn't do much, generally speaking as far as enforcing that. So that's my take on it is they're going to, I think they're going to crack down on Reddit and other forums, but in they're also going to crack down a little bit on, Hey, stuff. They're going to be like hedge funds. Don't do that anymore. Don't, don't short, but then it's not going to really be enough to affect them that much, but they might. And they also, they're going to be a little bit more leery of short, overshorting stocks as well. So that's kind of where I see it going and things are going to stabilize a little bit. And that's terrifying about if, if you think that, so overall, I think it's a pretty pessimistic outlook, but I think I can understand why you think that that's terrifying if you get you get censorship on Reddit as a result. That's pretty terrifying, um, especially if there's not legal reasons. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That's terrifying. Already too. took down the Wall Street Bets Discord. Like it never- really? Uh, yeah who did who did discord okay that's fair that's terrifying yeah it's crazy it's amazing when you look around it's like you i knew that a lot of things were kind of rigged in a weird way where it was not fair but this was like opened my eyes like i thought that i probably had a pretty pessimistic view of how the the world worked i think it's worse than i thought it was (laughs) because yeah there's just so many, all these big corporations like working together and doing things and they'll, they'll have like, it's just crazy. Like uh, Apple and Google saved Robinhood's um, ratings because yeah. everyone just went on there and was like one star and they were writing crazy things about how they're like stopping them from buying stocks and doing all this market manipulation. And it went down, all, it went down to one star on both platforms and within a day, it was back up to five and they deleted all those negative posts or negative reviews. Like, it's not like those reviews are lying or that's something that didn't happen, regardless of why it happened, what the motivation was. It still happened. Yeah. So how are you going to take off all of those? It's just crazy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Gosh, you should go. <laughs> yeah, I think my take is not as pessimistic. I think it's almost... Because I'm like, what what would the government do? They can't really do anything because a bunch of like individuals have the ability to do, have like their freedoms to purchase what they want, right? I don't think the government's going to do a whole lot on the individual side. I get why people aren't being censored by the companies, but then platforms pop up all the time. Like Parler, even though it was shut down, was made as a response to, um, I can't um, say the things I want. I don't get the, the feed I want. So I'm going to make something that mm-hmm. um, gives me, fills this, this need for me. I think if like, you know, maybe um, Reddit, which I don't think Reddit would do this. It seems like very against what they stand for, but like if they censored someone on Reddit, they'll find another space to have, have those conversations. Um, but I think, so like that's censorship side. So maybe that a, a individual gets censored, but I think, there's other ways to like effectively stop something like this from happening. Like maybe stricter rules on like volatility. Cause there's already 
um, certain limits where if a stock trades a certain amount, it stops trading that day. Um, and I think it's like, I think I've seen That's it at right. like 50%, something like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, but maybe increase that, uh, I think something like maybe um, increasing those kind of regulations where maybe you um, stop something from trading like that. Um, that's not on the platform side, but actually on the exchange side um, that limits them. So I, I definitely see something like that happening. Um, I did like your comment about um, cryptocurrencies because I think something we should talk about in one of our sessions is like a blockchain um, and India just banned, I think the trading of blockchain, oh. I mean, uh, cryptos. Or something. <clears throat> yeah, they, sorry, so they introduced a law, a law to ban Bitcoin trading. Um, and they're, I haven't looked into it, but um, someone has introduced something else to actually like start making India um, cryptocurrency. I think that's yeah. kind of, um, it is the response that people have been expecting. Like you have these um, pseudo currencies out there that are gaining in value but like the um people have been speculating that you know a company might or a country might come in and say you know i don't want this cryptocurrency in my country and then stop it there but uh damn where's it going with that was it india's india's government's kind of crazy they just want india um, and everything just like china wants <laughs> chinese everything right right but uh yeah i think they just want to control over it um the last point i had to that i forgot never mind i'll yeah. if i think of it i'll say it again i was gonna say i think that here's what i think will happen i think robin hood will be a scapegoat and ted cruz and aoc will you know um Dude, unite people around robin hood robin hood's a scapegoat <laughs> and it's not and it's not really the problem it was a problem in this instance yeah um <laughs> But, but it's kind of like is it, it almost seems like the anger towards Robin Hood has now overtaken the anger towards, you know, hedge funds extracting immense wealth from our financials, et cetera, et cetera. So my fear is just that it 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 and, and what Robin Hood did was really bad. And I think they should be punished. I think I understand why they did it, because someone who's responsible for I think it's 40 percent of their revenue called them and told them to. Um, so I, I'm optimistic that I think retail trading will get better as a result. Yeah, I think I think I think that's that could be good. I'm kind of in the middle on. I think Robin Hood will get scapegoated, so I, I agree with Wayne on. I think we'll see pretty light, and, and and Josh too. I think we'll see pretty light. Yeah, response from the government towards hedge funds because, really, it's like the rallying cries around Robin Hood. Um, and I'm kind of pessimistic. Fraud. I think we're just going to see a lot of fraudsters trying to, you know, push the next game stop and i don't like the idea of people losing a bunch of money in that respect so it's like i can see some good things again if retail get trading gets better as a result that's great if especially now that i think that's better for the finance industry in general is for more people retail trading um let everybody participate in that more if the platforms get better that's great but you know yeah. i think that i don't see much structural change kind of to both of y'all's points in the future either i remember my point it's kind of off Wayne's point is that now um, investors, institution, uh, institutional investors, are those like large investors? Is that what that means? Yeah, like okay. that would be banks, or I guess you could say hedge funds as well. Okay. Banks, well, yeah, retirement funds. Yeah, what I bet will happen, which I'm confident will happen, is they'll price something like GameStop 
happening. So there might just be less shorts in the future than mm -hmm. um, there are now or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah, everybody's going to be really scared now. The head <laughs> too much, which I think is a good thing because what they've been doing is, you know, they'll short a stock and then they they actively work to lower the price of that stock after they short it. Like that's common practice. I, I saw a video that Jim Cramer did. You yeah, know, like that, I saw that, that too on TV. You saw that? Or yeah, you, the Mad Money guy. Because he used to be a hedge fund manager. He was explaining oh, different funny. ways that hedge fund managers and institutions manipulate the market by going on TV and talking about why this stock is bad or why this stock is good. And they're, they're trying to get people to do different things, whatever's going to make them money, right? So if they short it, they'll tell people that it's bad so that everyone sells off and then the price drops or if they, they buy the stock or whatever they they play all these games with people to make more money off of them like it's crazy so well you yeah. see it in like um advertising too like i know my podcast one i like listen to a lot is um keep it keep it and it's a good one uh such a cat no i have oh. this it's like it's like god's trying to come in through my window <laughs> Just... dude well you better pay attention man um, <laughs> what's that what's that AMC. Okay. Yeah. AMC. Uh, AMC. yeah i've got i've actually got a decent amount of amc <laughs> i'm playing um, it real risky right now man it's, it's, I'm, I'm i'm tripping a little bit you know i i want to draw a parallel and we can wrap this up soon because i think for yeah. for non-professionals we've probably said what there is to say but I think there's this bigger context of, I think back to the BLM protests. And I think that that was overall really positive because it highlighted a big problem that needed a critical mass of participation for the whole country to pay attention to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And COVID was a big part of that because people had the time and they had the internal angst to channel towards that. And I think that was overall a positive thing, although we didn't see a lot of change, lasting change as a result, but I think it was still positive that that much attention was put on a necessary issue. I think this is very similar. People are stressed about finances, right? Because of COVID, they have time uh, to study up on this stuff, get involved. And I think again, similarly, it's highlighting it's it's kind of it, it's 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 highlighting again the one percenter dude god is really can you turn nokia, your camera? nokia is going to the moon see i get this weird glare when i do um that's better now you can see my weird little microphone um <laughs> dude you look like a serious podcaster in that in that angle i think yeah, with, with with the sock on my mic yeah oh i don't know i know that was a sock but you know yeah poor man's uh pop filter um <laughs> all i was gonna say it's like interesting that COVID has compounded all these things. So it's like, I don't think that the, the, the BLM protests nor this would have happened to the extent that they did without COVID. So I think it's interesting yeah. to see these little silver linings that now, when people have time and are angry, uh, we turn our attention to things that matter. Um, dude, this light situation is nuts. Well, I just want to finish my thought real quick on the yeah. um, people going around trying to lower or 
up prices. Like you see it all the time in advertising when someone's trying to push like a movie or whatever. Like that podcast I listen to every other week or so. There's like an actor trying to push um, whatever's our book, uh, whatever's coming out that week. And so, and it's effective. Like it, dra- it drives attention to that. And so if you come on and say, you know, I think this goes down. I need it down by, you know, Friday, the January 29th. Um, it'll push some people to, to sell and drive the price up, mm-hmm. down, whichever. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I guess I'll go next with kind of, I guess, my closing thoughts on everything that's happened. Um, so I'll start off by saying this is going to help a lot of people and it's going to hurt a lot of people. That's just kind of the nature of the stock market right you know that's just kind of how it is but i think that overall for society i think it's a good thing and the reason i think it's a good thing is because when you go on like all of those um threads and you know subreddit and talking to people it's something that is uniting a lot of people that would normally be united and a lot of people that think should be united because our country has been so divided um over the last, like, especially over the last, like, year, like, you know what, I'm just gonna say throughout the Trump presidency, I'll just say that much, maybe it goes back for a long time, even beyond that, but we're all so divided, but I think we're divided on the wrong, along the long, the wrong lines, like, people are divided, like, oh, like, there's, like, men that don't like women, there's women that don't like men, there's, white people that don't like black people, black people that don't like white people, people that just not liking each other based on things like, you know, sexual orientation or all kinds of just random things that to me don't really matter that much. Um, I think that the real like place to draw these lines and create solidarity is like, it's really economics. And I think that this is the first time I can remember where that's where the line's really been drawn. Um, and I, I think that that's something that, I'm not gonna say it's like permanent. I'm, I'm sure after this is over, a lot, of, a lot of people are gonna go back to not liking each other or hating each other. But the fact that people are getting together um, from all different races, nationalities, sexes, like all that stuff, some of these, a lot of these people are making or bonding and they're kind of getting to know each other on a, in a way where it's like, you stop looking at, the, I, you stop looking at that like, uh, you know, white guy or black guy or woman or man as your enemy, because like right now we're united and we're fighting against another enemy. And I think that that's kind of exciting that once you do that, you're not going to agree on everything, but I think the amount of hate treated you show towards someone that was like in a way your comrade or your whatever you want to call it in this fight I think it's going to change the way people treat each other to a degree and okay. there's also been I mean so I think that that's like what I'm excited about most that and people are just learning about finance a lot of people are getting into it and they're starting to ask questions because situations are coming up and it's like oh what happens when you actually make a trade? Like mechanically, how does that work? Like, who are these people? How do they make money? What is a short, what is a short squeeze? What, like, what are mutual funds? Like people are taking it and they're running with it and they're learning more. 
they're learning things that they can apply later on that have nothing to do with this. So I think that overall, I think this is a good thing. That's my main thought on the whole thing. Yeah. I, I know I talked for a while, so that's what I think. Yeah, that's a good closing, I think. <laughs> I, I, uh, Josh, do you have anything else you want to say? I thought of some advice uh, I wanted to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I agree with Wayne. Like, people have their whole retirement in their 401ks nowadays. And it's like, you don't even know how that works, even though like you're supposed to fund a third of your life. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> dude, dude um, uh, George Soros is calling you. He's going to shut the <laughs> yeah. podcast down. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're saying about retirement being a third of your life. Oh yeah. Like if no one knows what it, what, like how these trades actually happen. So yeah, it's going to be great for people to actually figure it out. Um, how trades are done, who is on what side. That's all I had. Yeah. Here's my advice I just thought of. Uh, invest early and often. Because think about this. If you invested as early as possible in every little whisper of a something, occasionally things hit. Bitcoin, GameStop. I remember I first found out about Bitcoin from this crazy libertarian guy uh, 10 years ago when it was you know, uh, like $13, um, per Bitcoin. We need to have a Bitcoin. And he had $500 of Bitcoin then. And, uh, cause he got paid for writing anyway, I'm not gonna go into that. Um, but when you hear whispers of these things, I think it's much better to put it in as early as possible, put in a little bit, because when the stuff hits, it hits big. Uh, yeah. so if you hear a whisper, put a little bit of money on it. I'm kicking myself. When I first heard about GameStop, it was probably like 12 bucks or like $15. And I, bit. And at that point, I was like, no, it was already, at, it was at like $4 like a little while ago. And that's where it really was. I didn't, yeah, I should have bought it early. When it hits the mainstream news cycle, that's when it blows up, right? Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Bitcoin. That's what happened with GameStop. When it hits the mainstream news cycle, that's when it blows up. That's some good advice. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, this was a great talk. Um, I will keep you guys posted. Um, maybe next week we'll do a podcast and I'll be broadcasting from a yacht. Oh, man. Maybe Whoa. Oh, dude. Who really knows? Oh, okay. Tune in next time. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm not invited to your yacht party, I'll be very sad. Oh, if, if we if see you, you guys can definitely come through. Um, for now, uh, you know, diamond hands is what I have right now. I'm not letting go. And if we see you uh, podcasting from a public library, we know <laughs> the other way. Yeah, it's going to be one or the other. Yeah, yeah it, it, there is no in between. Yeah. Well, thanks. Actually, one other thing I just really quick want to say uh, it was something that I thought of like, on Thursday, whenever I was getting screwed. I, it's, it's more of an analogy. You know what it felt like? It felt like I was uh, part of like, you know, like, on Star Wars, you know? Like whenever Luke shot the Death Star and it blew up and all that stuff. I felt like I was in the squadron that was doing all that stuff, right? And I was like, oh man, we're about to strike a blow to the Empire and I was all excited, right? And then all of a sudden, everyone's x-wings just stop working 
and then you look at you, and then you like look you look down at the control panel and you see like um product of the empire like they built the product that you're trying to take them down they just pull the plug and you're just floating around in space like fuck <laughs> that's how it felt so i don't know that was an analogy that i thought of and i never actually verbalized no it's good and i thought maybe you know i'd, I'd say it that that's what it was like. It was like we were about to strike a death blow or, or like a big blow and just got the plug pulled. Yeah. yeah. It, was really, it was really disappointing. We'll see what yeah. happens and we'll talk about it. Josh, you want well, to sign us off? Yeah, well, everyone, thanks for listening to The Heat That Moves. See you next week.